Previously on Quest Friends. He must be really on edge after everything that's happened in Charmande. They really need to show that they're powerful and that is dangerous. If you can get on that boat, you can find the professor. Well then, I don't like boats. <laughs> well, it's really more of an airship. A uh, boat is kind of just a general term. Worse. Khaki pants or whatever in his- Can I ask the GM flavor um, that the reason you don't wear it normally is that there's a little tag on the side <laughs> that says cool kids come from key. No, why would I add that? Is that- Cause it's like something you just got on your adventures. You just like picked it up. Contraband! Contraband detected! Contraband! Dozens of books! Young adult books! The worst contraband! No. Hopper groans out loud, just like, Ugh! You realize, oh, all books are outlawed here. In in place of books, you can purchase your uh, key-approved brick by any approved vendor, such as Penny and Pocket. Welcome to Penny and Pocket, the very best gear for the very best of college students. For the first time since you've known of it, Penny and Pocket is bustling, and these boys cannot handle it. When you first enter, Hamish briefly waves before disappearing underneath a cavernous crowd of patrons and reappearing on the other side of the store. The light from Ignatius's workstation is dimmed by rows upon rows of prodigious-based merchandise, most of which are just common objects with the University of Key logo stamped onto them. And while this tense guest seemed to be giving Tattertop a wide berth, he's still flanked on all sides by towering walls of every type of brick imaginable. Sandstone, marble, pumice, all highly overpriced, but claiming to provide the highest of education. Uh, and then after a few seconds, just out of the crowd, you see uh, Hamish's like vested body pop up. And he says, hi. Hi, welcome to Penny and Pocket. It's great to see y'all. How can I help you today? Uh, hello. We... we are looking to get some student IDs and bricks because we are going to be students on board the prodigious. Oh, that's that's cool. You, all of you are going going back to school. Don't worry. Well, we have lots of school supplies, too. So just because you're retiring from adventuring doesn't mean you have to worry about not shopping with us again. I have never been to the school, so I am not going back to it. I will be going to it for the first time. Oh, of course, of course. So, yeah. Uh, so you said you need uh, you need bricks? Yes. We need bricks. <laughs> <laughs> Hopper looks extremely upset. He's like biting his lip a little bit, almost as if he's trying to like keep himself from getting angrier. We need bricks. All right, so Hamish walks over to one of the walls of bricks. He pushes himself through a couple of novelty shirts, which you can see read, Cool Kids Come From Key, except it's spelled with Qs because Cs and Ks were considered redundant, so they're just not in Key's alphabet. <laughs> and, he, and he starts panning down the walls. He's like, hey, what, uh, what subject are you, are you focusing on? Uh, music? Puzzles? Poetry? Uh... You know, isn't that information on the student IDs? Well, yeah. So uh, what, what did your student ID say? 
We need some of those, too. <laughs> we lost ours. Yes, all of us at the same time. And then Tattertop pops in and says, They mean to steal their way onto the ship. <laughs> I know of friends who can help you with that, my friends. <laughs> and Hamish's like, Tattertop, no, these are, these are good folks. They're not aiming to do that. So Shock is going to do the thing from that one, like, Steven Universe clip where he just, like, shakes his head like, mm-mm. <laughs> shakes a little bit more and then just like nods. <laughs> yeah, we're not retiring from adventuring, really. Not really. Oh, well. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> oh my God. Have you told friends about us? Because I really want to get out of this business. They're suffocating me. What business do you want to go into? I want to go into the adventurer business. You think they'd be you think they'd be scarier than a bunch a horde of college students, but you haven't met people away from home for the first time. It's horrifying. Uh, do you do you need help escaping this place? <laughs> because we can try to get you out of the city. It's 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 fine. I have my corner. I'll be go crying in it if you need anything from me. And he walks away and Tattertop is like, yes, student IDs you seek. <laughs> well, them you shall find in Ignatius's workstation. For within the heat and massed underneath the smoke, a hefty game of hopscotch is being played with. And he, he tries to count all of you and all the NPCs you're with. Uh. The correct amount of ID <laughs> badges in the pot, if one of you were so inclined to get it. Y yes, we do. We do want this. Um. All right, Hopper. Do you want to redeem yourself with hopscotch, or do you want me to do it? I lost one kneecap to it a couple years ago. <laughs> How did you lose a kneecap? I bet it. <laughs> you bet your kneecap? It's a really long story. It was a great way to weed out who not to date. <laughs> I'm sure it was. <laughs> Out of character, I have already had the chance to play hopscotch. So Emily, do you want to play hopscotch? Um, I'll do it unless you wanted to, Hallie. Well, Hopper, Hopper doesn't know what he fucking wants. So when he heard hopscotch, he was like, "Yes, yeah, a chance to redeem myself." But he also wasn't sure it would work. <laughs> oh no! I mean, you can both play hopscotch. I was just gonna say, "Hey, Hopper, come on." Go play hopscotch. All right, let's do it. All right, you two go off into the flaming cauldron that is Ignatius's workstation. And after they leave, Tattertop just leans into you, Shock and Misha, and says, You know, if you need a healing cipher, you can always exchange it. I have a feeling one might need to fall into your pocket soon. Oh, no. I mean... I'm fairly certain I have a healing scyther. Uh, and Shock roots around in his pockets. Definitely not me rooting around. Like, yeah, yeah, I've got a healing scyther here. But actually, while we're here, I do want to exchange a scyther. You want to engage in the exchange? How exciting! I would also like to exchange one of my cipher objects into something else. Exciting, exciting! Let us begin the Wheel of Fortunes. All right, so what you're going to do is Tattertop's going to give you this big, like, music box with a funnel at the end of it, uh, and you're going to drop your ciphers in there, and then he's going to wheel around, and he's going to pop out some new ones. It's a gambling game. 
You're gonna gamble. Gambling! Tom, what safe are you giving up? Shock pulls out the static shock helmet and offers it up as a sacrifice. Alright, and then Misha, what are you giving up? I give the wheel that I got at the pit and I have no idea what to do with. The eternally spinning wheel. <laughs> I love that thing. I forgot you still had that. Alright, so what each you of you- You could put eels on it! <laughs> what each of you need to do, those are ciphers, so the, your odds are gonna be uh, better, but they're not gonna be great. I need you to roll me a 1d100. Yes. I'm just gonna grab my dice rolling thing because I forgot to grab it beforehand. I'm just... 78. 78. Ooh. So, Ari, you are going to get a artifact. Ooh. <laughs> um, where the fuck is my Numenera book? On the bed, question mark? No, you, it's on your you chair. Can you get it, Emily? Yeah, let me Thank unplug you. my headphones. This uh, is not a very, like, maneuverable setup. Also, uh, for rolling a 1d100 without dice that are explicitly for that, how did we rule the, um... Oh, no, it was 90 plus 10 on the other... Di- okay, I remember. Never mind. I'm using a random number generator between 1 and 100. <laughs> okay, so I have 70 on my 1d100 roll. Okay, so you get an artifact as well. You both get artifacts. Woohoo! <laughs> Roll me another 1d100 to figure out what the fuck you get. All right. Absolutely. I get a 59. Luckily, it's 68. Oh, my God. So close to being nice. (laughs) See, I almost said that for mine, too, because it's like 59. (laughs) But I didn't know. (laughs) That feels really fitting for Shock and Misha, though. Like, they get the 69 (laughs) meme wrong and high five each other. Everyone else is like, no, 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 guys. Yes, I love it. Okay, so Ari, you get a needler. What is that? A three foot tall collapsible metal truck. No, that's the murder globe. Sorry. (laughs) It projects a single needle. No damage, a spray of needles, one point of damage, or a wide spray of needles. No damage, but affects everyone in an immediate area. God, that sucks. That's amazing. They can affect anyone within long range, and they can be poisoned. Okay, I like that. (laughs) In which case, those who don't take damage need to take a might roll to avoid being poisoned. All right, I like that better. Uh, It says it's rapid fire. So essentially what I'm just going to do is I'm going to house rule it as it's just the thing you can shoot either as a light weapon for two points of damage or you can be like i want to apply a paralytic poison or you can like choose a status effect to apply to it shock you get and can i have a drum roll please shock the thing pops up and out pops a second Recorder headband. You are (laughs) shitting me. You got a second one? (laughs) No. Put it on top of you. No. No. And Tattertop just looks at you and says, no take backsies now. (laughs) Wait, 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 no, I can roll it. I can roll again, right? I can roll again. Nope. Nope. No! You can exchange the artifact for one XP if you would rather just take the experience point. No, I... Oh, I don't fucking want another XP. (laughs) I burned all of my XP for this bullshit. (laughs) Can I at least exchange it for an item? No. Uh, All right, let me... In character, Shock is just sort of perplexed. Just like, (laughs) but I already have this. What do I do with two? He, like, briefly tries to fit one over each eye because it it has that, like, one screen that plops out over an eye. So he just has, like, two pieces of, like, red synth, like, covering over his eyes, like Adam Jensen's sunglasses. (laughs) 
and it's the most disorienting thing. Each eye is seeing the recording from the other eye. Nope. <laughs> nope. I, I do believe it looks very fashionable, Shuck. I do not know much about fashion, but I think it looks good on you. Oh, well, thank you, Misha Jarvis. I'm not sure it will be a very practical use. It might be better if I give this to another member of the party, but I do appreciate that. And out of character, I'll just continue to fume in rage. <laughs> okay, so as Shock is almost vomiting, he's kind of like reeling and 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 trying to stand straight again. Misha looks with concern. <laughs> Misha, you turn over, you look with concern, but then you see the most perplexing thing. It's a cardboard stand covered in plastic and holding 24 kitschy toys inside of them. It kind of looks like, you know, the like collect them all toy things that they have at like Burger King and McDonald's. Yeah. It looks like that. And it says the prom de plume gift giving challenge. Collect all your friends. How does one collect all of these friends? Uh, and as you say that, almost to answer your question, down at the, there, a slot at the bottom right opens up and this electronic device comes out. It's a bulky kind of brick-like gray electronic with a handful of buttons, a faint screen, and a thin slot on the top. Essentially, it's a Game Boy. And you can see where it would say Game Boy. It says WingPal, sponsored by Jetco. No. <laughs> and suddenly you hear Cubo say, WingPal a device made by Jekyll in an attempt to commodify and gamify relationships. Highly successful in educational institutions. With a wing pal, you get to keep track of how many hearts you have with somebody else. If you establish five hearts with someone, not only will it be easier to talk to them, but you can go with them to prom de plume, the most important event of your entire life. It's a dance! And you can see actually it's you can see a date for prom de plume on the uh, on the cardboard stand. It looks like prom de plume is going to be happening on the prodigious in three days. So if today is day one, it'll be happening on the night of day four. And Kubo says, is there anyone you want to win the hearts of? Better get going and find their perfect gift with wing pal. Sorry, sorry, they tried Wing Pal in Rouletteia, and I just haven't done the delivery in a while, so it was exciting to deliver that information again to somebody who might actually use it. <laughs> Hello, sibling Cubo. <laughs> I cannot say I understand most of what you said, but I will still try to collect these parts, I suppose, in case this is beneficial. However, I do need to investigate more as to what is a prom. <laughs> Ugh, and you just hear Everett behind you, because remember, you have a million NPCs with you. It's just a silly dance, and people act like it's so important, and like, I don't know, you ask someone you love or whatever to like go to this dance, and then you're like with them forever, or for, you know, as long as you got huh. and then jesse pipes in yeah and then um and then you can also use that like if you get enough heart points with somebody you could get voted to be on the proligarchy <laughs> it's like the oligarchy that rules key but they like rule the dance it's a little unequal but it's kind of cool because anyone can be it tell us more about this dance and this proligarchy <laughs> so you hear about prom kings and prom queens and how they rule the school is certainly interesting. Are humans not allowed to dance in this manner with people that they love? Do they have to do it only in this prom context? My apologies. All of this is very confusing to me. It's a lot of human customs I had not encountered before. 
You're considering to be part of the proligarchy? That's great! And suddenly you just realize Hamish has popped up behind you again. Oh, hello. Could you explain us more about what is a prom and what would you define as a person you love and why would you need to invite it to a dance? <laughs> Poor Hamish! <laughs> well, it's just, um, I don't, uh... And suddenly, Hamish just gives a thousand-yard stare as just, like, a romantic comedy starts to play in his brain, except it was his life one day. <laughs> uh, he eventually snaps out, and he just says, Well, you don't need to be part of the proligarchy in order to dance with somebody, but it is a point of high esteem, and there's a lot of exclusive things people can do if they become part of the proligarchy. And of course, prom isn't the most important thing in the world, but if you don't get all five hearts, then... And he just looks down, and he looks really sad, and he says, Well, then you might not get his. <laughs> I'm gonna go back into my corner now. <laughs> oh, no! Hamish, no! <laughs> um, and as he leaves, Ian starts to tear up, he says, You could actually, you can get one of the gifts for free! Um, so we're gonna have dating sim mechanics. Essentially, there's a five-heart system that this thing called the Wing Pal, which each of you will get a copy of. Uh, the Wing Pal keeps track of your hearts with somebody else, and he only lets people who mutually share a full five heart points with each other, only lets them go to prom as a couple. If they d haven't maxed out each other's relationships and heart points, then they can't go. You can increase heart points with somebody by talking to them, befriending them, you can also give them one of 24 gifts. Each person has a gift specifically matched to them that they will love. It'll automatically increase their heart points. Anything that's not that, you'll have to roll. And depending on how inclined they are to like it, they might like it and they might not. It's also prom, so you can become prom king or prom queen, but it's an oligarchy because that's the government in key. The government is ruled by the school board called the Council of Spheres, so they don't have kings and queens, they have an oligarchy. One thing I am confused, and like, it will free to delete this if it's like too out of character, but like, how does this work for like PCs? Because like, you know that, you know, Misha is gonna try and, you know, invite Shock to the prom eventually. Um, you can default, if you manually sync up your units, you can default to three heart points. But I would still need to gain two more. But, but I don't know, because like, what if like, I want to gain trust on another NPC, but I still want to invite Shock to the prom? I don't know. <laughs> Gotta manage our time. <laughs> Shock, though, having overheard most of this, will pipe in and say, I don't really understand the the structure and ritual surrounding this custom, but I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of excited about dancing. I've, I've never, never danced before. I never really had a, a chance to try it. There was nobody who knew how to dance in the wheel, so I, I never learned. Uh, it, it would be a fun thing to do while we're here. I agree. I have seen, oddly enough, myself dance, and I suppose I have sort of danced in the past, but not in a situation that involves a ritualized social costume such as this one, so I am certainly interested to attend it. Uh, good! And Shock, not, not entirely sure what to say, will actually turn back to his shopping list. All right, but before that, Emily and Hallie, I need you to roll a d20 to see how you did with Hopscotch. I'm terrified. I really want to do well, guys. I want to see Hallie's rolling debut. <laughs> what will it be? I got an eight. <laughs> That's an improvement, I guess. I got a 13. Cool. Emily. Yeah? Pick a pool, gain three points in it. 
Hallie. Just give you my might point back. Pick a pool. Lose two points from it. What? No. Wait, wait. Is this permanent? Is this keepsies? No, this is they. I'm assuming they didn't do keepsies. Okay. Um, I was playing for keepsies. Hopper may have. Okay. In that case, no, grab no. two points, add them permanently, Ellie. Hop, grab two points, lose them permanently. No. Here's the thing. Like, as a player, I don't want to, but Hopper yeah, probably would have. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, no. Anyways, so... You uh, turn around to your shopping list and you're just confronted by Ellie, who looks, you know, a little more refreshed than usual. And Hop, who just looks even more tired. And they are holding a series of IDs. Ellie's, like, patting Hop on the back as gently as possible (laughs) as they walk. Hopper is barely even registering because in his head, he's just thinking like, I didn't really need it. It's fine. No. All right. So uh, you have your IDs. If you slip them into that small slot in the wing pal, it'll be basically synced to you. So each of you has your own wing pal, as do all the NPCs. Cubo's a little bit tough. With some help, he actually he uh, rolls down to Ignatius to get it just installed inside of him uh, because he he is but a small basketball boy <laughs> and he cannot hold on to an electronic device (laughs) but while the wing pal is just a fun silly thing it's also mandatory (laughs) oh also you have to figure out what the fuck to do with those books you have a bunch of books that are contraband (sighs) the um ladybug was that going on to the prodigious as well your vehicle the ladybug uh you had tried to put it on the prodigious are you gonna put it on the prodigious now i wasn't sure if we really wanted to put it on the prodigious knowing that things are not maybe going to go well on this airship it might not be wise to store our vehicle here which we might need later counterpoint out of character how the fuck are you gonna get back to it that's what i was thinking okay all right all right counter counterpoint driving a car on an airship sounds metal as fuck and we should do it (laughs) the legs on the bus go step 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 i know i immediately want to pull soey and i want to go back over to tatter top so you knew where we could get these IDs. Yes, I did. You know where I we could. Did. <laughs> you know where we could hide some books. Books? Well, that's the highest of contraband. And he smiles to uh, Zoe, who kind of looks a little confused. Says, "What?" Books might you be bringing on to the prodigious? Um, well, not not that big of stuff. Just you know, the sleepy games, the Sudoku runner. There's one called the Book Thief. That's an actual book. Um, <laughs> I was gonna say, don't do that. <laughs> Cause the number nine Sudoku was made for the ninth world. <laughs> It's been biding its time. Uh, (laughs) So he says, "Mm, young adult, you wouldn't mind parting with any of that, would you? So he's like, oh, oh, is there anything you really want to read? I'd love to. He's like, I'm more interested in selling. Except for the book thief. I've heard that one's really good. I am interested in reading (laughs) that one. Uh, And she happily hands it over to him. Yes, well, with this payment, I believe I can be of assistance. You've heard of my brother's library, have you not? Yeah, that one that he made a lot of coins for that uh, never got bought. Exactly. My brother has the key to a magical library you can access from any place. And nobody wants it. Not a single soul. So, and he just sneaks out a key. I think if you use the back door, no one would notice. 
Doesn't Hopper have a library card from his phone? I absolutely do! But I, in my defense, it's just, it just is about, like, taking books. Oh, that's true. And it has rules about how many books I can take per day. It doesn't say anything about being able to store them, but I was gonna ask. Yeah, if you had asked Tamus, she would have helped you out, but now that you asked Tattertop, Tattercop's gonna give you basically, uh, the back door key. But yeah, you can use at the store, uh, Zoe's Immense Library. I'm assuming we're gonna store any other books you have, like Shock has Sir Arthur's Guide to the Numenera. Mm-hmm. Hop. Are you going to store your Atlas page there? Hopper? Oh, no. Hopper is going to store... Well, he has the book from Zoe. He's going to store that. He's still reading that. Um, he is going to store the Atlas there for now. However, he also has the Adventures of Jameson Hopper on his person at all times, which is where he has the letter from Lorraine as a bookmark. So before putting that in, he's going to put that back in his pocket. The letter. Yeah. He takes it out of the book before putting it into the into the library access thing. Okay. Just real casually. Don't worry about it. And then <laughs> Tom was sh- just shaking his head. I am playing in character, guys. And then what was the last thing? Oh, who was uh, so the back door that you can use to access all these things? Tattertop has given one key. Who wants it? Well, I'm going to take it from him because we had that conversation to give it to Zoe. I was going to vote that as well. Yeah. And I'm going to mention if you ever want someone else to hold on to it, I think you should ask Cop. I genuinely thought you were going to say shock. (laughs) I was just very startled that Hopper was being trusted with a thing. Wow. 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 What the fuck, Tom? No, 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 no. I'm not saying that shock wouldn't trust Hopper with a thing. I was just surprised other people were. Oh, that's so much better. I'm trying to give him a win here. Hopper doesn't want it. I mean, he does. He really wants it, but he's trying to convince himself he doesn't. (laughs) So you've got your (laughs) idea. You've got your IDs, you've got your wing pals, you've got your back door, and you have Lorraine's letter in your pocket. And after a few more minutes of shopping, you have everything you need to board the prodigious and start your next adventure. Welcome to the announcement break for Quest Friends episode 38, Crime and Courtship, part 3. I am Kyle, your GM, and our intro and outro song are Friends and Hitoshio, both by Miracle of Sound. And today, for our announcement break, we have our first ever Patreon NPC shoutout. For anyone who's unfamiliar with that, as of a few weeks ago, we released our Quest Friends Patreon, and anyone who backs us at the $5 level or higher gets a one-time shout-out from an NPC of their choice. Our NPC shout-out today goes to Winter, or at DM Allison Wiles on Twitter. And Winter's NPC that they want to shout-out from today is the... Uh... Is... It's the the Apocrita. I don't think we can get the Apocrita the saying. The winter snow curls in the wind. 
Across the skyline, hundreds of thousands of flakes rise in a cyclone, circling up towards the all-too-familiar scraping and scuttling of black spiders and glass. This rising frozen water quickly bonds to the Apocrita's shell, and together they reflect the bright winter's sun in just the right way to form five colored bands. At the top and the bottom, a bright blue, matching the sky itself. Further inward, an equivalent pink. And in the center, where the snow is most congealed, a vibrant line of white. And after creating these lines, the spherical storm extends outwards into four points, forming a rectangular plane that blows gently in the wind. For the first time ever, the Apocrita waves. It cannot speak, yet it still extends forth a profound message that the English language can only summarize in two words. Trans rights. Oh, that's actually really sweet of you, the Apocrita. Anyways, if you'd like to hear a shout-out from an NPC of your choice, check out patreon.com slash questfriends. This is just one of the many, many cool things we have for anyone who backs our show. And thanks so much for supporting us, Winter, and giving me this very fun challenge of trying to get the Apocrita to say trans rights. I hope it did your imagination justice. All right, that's all I've got for us today. Our next episode, Crime and Courtship Part 4, will be releasing on Monday, June 10th. I'll see you then. Welcome to the prodigious. My name is Captain Jebediah Ishmael. I am the captain of this vessel. Can I call you Ishmael? (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you! (laughs) I would prefer captain, please. So, uh, you've all made it onto the prodigious. You are in the kind of gondola space, which is also the captain's quarters. In front of you, you see this large walrus with very finely polished tusks, and then uh, just a small captain's cap on top of his head, and a blinking ear tag on one of his small ears. He is Captain Jebediah Ishmael, and surrounding him are all the prospective students of the prodigious. The noon light casts in through these large floor the ceiling windows around the entire area. This gondola is just it's very sparse with the exceptions of a globe in the corner and then a, uh, a few consoles and like a captain's wheel. Everyone is murmuring with excitement, getting ready for the ship to set sail and uh, Captain Jebediah Ishmael is just introducing the words. So you are all kind of just waiting for the ship to take off. There's this, this nervous energy. How do you all feel about the prodigious setting sail? Nauseous. Shock is feeling so conflicted because on the one hand, Shock is keeping at the forefront of his mind the the importance of a task ahead of them. But also, also it's just it's just really cool being on an airship, looking around with his close friends. Yeah. Just this like mixture of like apprehension at their grave task and just like being really swept up in the dramatic moment of this takeoff with the people he cares about most in the world. All right, so you're sitting there with this with this energy. And actually, Misha, you can almost feel like you feel like this external energy around you, like the data sphere and you to a lesser degree shock. The data sphere is just so strong in this place. 
place. Because as you remember, this whole device is a giant Numenera thing that speaks with the data sphere. Mm. And you can just like feel its energy coursing with you. And you can't tell if it's nerves about like prom or your task or flying or the data sphere or the fact that the crowd is so close that you're forced to be so close together. Mm -hmm. But something is is electrifying. I'm gonna pull out my psychology degree and say that there's some misattribution of arousal going on because Misha can't really place that it's the data sphere. And so <laughs> they just feel really excited, mostly about being so close to shock, but they don't really understand it. And and we hear Jebediah Ishmael, we hear Captain Ishmael continue his speech. On the main floor of the prodigious, you will find a series of escape pods in the case of danger. They use homadium crystals to keep energy and are connected to our considerable data sphere relays. So there is nothing to worry about concerning this ship and its capacity to sink. And you hear some kind of nervous murmurs as people as, as he talks about that. Uh, and we look over and we see all of your faces and we see Everett, who's just really shut down. Like he's kind of tightened himself up a little bit. He has his arms crossed and kind of tightens up a little bit at hearing about like, oh, there's no chance of the ship singing because now he's like, fuck, the ship's going to sink. <laughs> you see Jesse, who is decked out in a gift they got from Ellie, a vintage cool kids come from key T-shirt, which they absolutely loved. And then you see next to next to them, you see Zoe with just like tiny model airships and like a mug and all that kitschy pre uh, prodigious gear which was another gift so uh ellie your relationship with both of them is now up to four hearts exploiting the time system i see man uh we we continue looking over as Zoe excitedly starts talking to another student and she's like i'm so excited and she starts just starts talking about the first thing she can think about which considering with what she was just told with the dirigible like oh it won't crash she just starts relaying to this poor student next to her all like the disastrous things that have happened upon airships and all the horrible dirigible crashes that have happened Happened. And beneath her, we can uh, we can hear Cubo piping in, correcting her information, often making it more horrific than it was before. <laughs> and that's got you accounted for and all your NPCs accounted for. But if I recall correctly, there was this little robot who you had saved from last episode and who, you know, even if you got him an ID, couldn't really, unless you like weakened at Bernie's did, <laughs> like couldn't appear to like use it. So what the hell did you do with this robot boy? So question, what, like, like, what was what was the security like here? Is it like some kind of like, is it like an airport scanner where we're going to have to like stick all of our items through like a machine? You yeah, you you've already you somehow already circumvented it. We've skipped that. That was like right, right. last episode. There was an TSA, but TSA was lazy cats. OK, I was just asking like what it was like so I could formulate my retroactive plan. It's just TSA. <laughs> OK, just TSA. It's it's. Key essay. Key uh, Okay, this is this is what this is what my plan is. Do I own a backpack as well? <laughs> I do have a pack of tools and spare parts. Perfect. Okay. 
So I'm going to, like, in the past, Shock gently placed the small robot child into the pack of tools, just, like, gently so that, like, tools weren't going to, like, scuff him or anything, and just piled more metal things on top of them, just, like, the spray metal, maybe some artifacts, just to, like, confuse everything. Then it was just, like, when it goes through the sensors, it's like, oh, yeah, that's full of just repair equipment and also canisters of spray flesh and spray metal. Perfectly normal school supplies needed for... (laughs) my classes in checks notes (laughs) now if you'll excuse me and you just hear the pain of like shock as he tries to lift up this bag but he literally does not have the might to do it well just like i'm gonna continue on my way this is a normal thing to do with school bags anyway that's like that's honestly the the most convincing part of the whole act (laughs) so are you just me in high school with like this giant turtle backpack that you have to like lean down on to i i have at times put too many books in my backpack yeah did you all buy any bricks by the way for school? Absolutely not. No. I didn't spend the money on it. Was was it on the list? <laughs> was it on the list? I, I genuinely didn't see it. All right. So we, we see the view. We see this electric energy. We see Misha misattributing their arousal. <laughs> we see Jesse excited. Everett pouting. Hop and Ellie there. Ellie's like a cat. Like when they grab on with their claws, her hands and feet are just digging into the floor. Hopper feels absolutely nothing right now. So he's just staring (laughs) off into the distance as we take off. He's just inside. He's just there. And so we see Ellie kind of just perched, like leaning on the edge, trying to make herself as small as possible. And so he pops up. Mom, mom, isn't this so exciting? It's going to be so cool. And you can see that she's kind of just like perched, leaning over one of the consoles, looking out at kind of the pier. You haven't moved at all, but she's just still and getting ready. It's great. Uh, it's an airboat. <laughs> she's like, yeah, it's an airboat. It's so high and it's just so exciting. And as she says that, she puts her hands together and she shoots them out to the side and she like whacks into this globe that's on runners. Oh, no. And it just kind of spins around. It's like, oops. And then you hear, oops, what the fuck you mean, oops? You smack me right up the head, you little brat. And as the globe continues to move, you can see two of the continents, the like uh, fault lines have furrowed down like angry brows. And you see that it has this like one arm with a glove on it connected to the globe that's just gesturing furiously. You hit me on the head, you piece of shit. Do not call my daughter a piece of shit. You piece of shit. (laughs) Now, whatever, Granny. At least I know what I am and I embrace it. I'm gonna pull Zoe by the hand away and, like, glare at it and then go back to my digging into the floor. As he leaves, he's like, Yeah, get the fuck out of here, you piece of shit. I don't need anything of you. Um. Screw you. Now, fuck off. You know what? I drive this fucking ship. You watch your tongue or I'll drive you straight to goddamn hell. Ellie shuts up. (laughs) And uh, as you walk by, you hear Kubo say, Who was that, Ellie Badge? I don't... He... I think I'm gonna puke. (laughs) And so he says, I don't think we got his name. Oh no, how rude of us. No, Zoe, he was rude. He was rude. You were very polite. You You did good. No, we never got his name. That's so rude. Um, um... Um, should I go back and ask it? I wouldn't go back and ask it. 
And then suddenly we just see the globe uh. with like its arm kind of like it globes don't have hips, but it's like fist is closed on its hip. And it's like it's on one of the runners and it's just next to you now. <laughs> you yelling at me, don't fucking know my name. Fine. Fucking treat me like dirt. I'm used to it. Know what you can call me? The one goddamn guy cleaping this whole fucking thing afloat. And Jebediah says, oh, Virgil, Virgil, please show some restraint. Virgil, I recognize that name. The voyager of irregular geographical undertakings and lengthy expeditions. Virgil Jarvis. Designed by Dr. Cygnus Colodi and recreated by Jetco <laughs> for navigational purposes. He's the Cubo, but for geography. I ain't no fucking Cubo, whatever the fuck you're talking about. All right, and it's Virgil. Virgil. No. Get it right. Be um, nice to your brother, Virgil. It's another Jarvis. No. I apologize. I must update my databases, but Virgil does not fit with the abbreviation that I had mentioned before. Misha Jarvis, is it not correct that Virgil does not fit the abbreviation Voyager of Irregular Geographical Undertakings and Lengthy Expeditions? I do agree. I believe that this newly and unexpectedly found sibling is truly disrespectful and is not, its nomenclature, it's not accurate with the abbreviation of its name. And you just hear, as the thing just poutily continues along the runners. I, I believe you should be more respectful. And I believe you should recognize that again. Does no one understand? I am literally flying this shit. And I do hope you do a good job about that. Yeah, well, maybe I'll, maybe if I have a reason to. And he just keeps on rumbling <laughs> as he slides back to Jebediah Ishmael. Thank you, Virgil. Are the preparations made for the ship to fly? Whatever. Perfect. Then let us start our airship adventure. And with that, you start to feel that energy, Misha, and shock starts to get greater and greater and almost overwhelming for a second as everyone can feel the ship rumbling and can hear it humming and vibrating with this energy. You hear like bzz, 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 as like a bunch of different components on the outside start flexing. And from up the staircase behind you, you can see on the main floor a million different like tiny robots led by the ship have like sprung to life and are starting to like clean the space and get everything ready for flight and you hear Zoe say we're, we're going up we're going up we're, we're flying we're flying and sure enough you start to see the spires the shadows of the spires of key move from the sunlight over the ship and through the spires through these shadows we as the audience see a variety of different figures we see you and your companions yes but in the shadow, we also see the blue Tinkerbell dress and the fluttering wings of the blue fairy, as well as the reserved stately figure of Vera Leeny, two of the three figures of the Jagged Dream. And then we don't see the third leader of the Jagged Dream, but every possible person that leader could be undercover as. We see a man with black hair and a frizzy blonde mustache. We see a large walrus captain with polished tusks and a small cap. We see a young person with pressed hair, pressed lips, and a matching pressed silver sweater vest. 
we see a globe, angry, but too focused on making the ship not falling that he can really express his fury. We see uh, a fish person with a excited, wide, Muppet-like mouth and a giant tuba around her torso. We see a dude, bro, who has like a polo shirt, but he also has a monocle. We see just a giant horde of anines, all with blinking ear tags. And finally, for a brief second, through his stupor, Hop could swear he saw a man from his past he thought he'd never see again. And the ship keeps rising, and finally these shadows disappear as it goes higher and higher into the sky, and suddenly it bursts through the clouds, and the vibrations stop. And Captain Jebediah Ishmael just looks to you all and says, Welcome to the prodigious. What was your flex skill, by the way? Uh, grappling hooks, because I don't know how to choose good flex skills. <laughs> what I love is that you can't even buy a grappling hook. I know, and I thought of being like, Kyle, you should put a grappling hook in the shop list. And I was like, no, that's just cheating at that point. Just build a grappling hook. Just attach a sharp pointy thing onto one of the ropes from like our explorer packs or something. I'm, I'm looking into it. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, I just wanted to mention Shock dramatically, like, just sweeping spray metal and spray flesh into into his arms, like, <laughs> like, like, you briefly hear a flashback to Hamish being like, oh, so you're retiring from being adventures, and then Shock just stares at the healing items shelf and just... <laughs> <laughs> 